All right, welcome back to the Simple Ways to Have a Good Life podcast. My name is James, and I am your host as we just work our way through a bunch of super simple, super easy things that you can do to have a good life. You know, somebody actually challenged me on the simple part of it, saying that some of this is not simple. And I, you know, I can, I can own that. I can accept that. You know, I've spent the last, um, you know, just as far as counseling and coaching goes, I've spent like the last 10 to 12 years working with people. Before that, I was a social worker. Um, I've been a campus mentor. I've, you know, the, the last, the last like close to two decades of my life have been spent working with people, trying to help them have a good life, have a better life, you know. Uh, I think for a large part of that, my my job was helping people move from dysfunction to baseline. Here over the last few years, I've been more about helping people move from baseline to thriving. And so, you know, maybe I do take for granted how easy, so not easy, easy is not the right word. Simple and easy are not the same thing. I think that's important. It is very simple to like what we're going to talk about today, learning to just kind of change your relationship to your mind. That's very simple, but it's not easy. So when I say simple ways to have a good life, these are things that you can do yourself. They're things you can work on every day. And they're things I don't really think you need to like invest in books and courses and coaching and therapy to do. So, you know, but if I'm wrong, if something I've said does not seem simple, if something is complicated or difficult to understand, please don't hesitate to shoot me a message and ask for clarification. I'll, I'll hop on and do that. You know, my website, jamesscotthinson.com, or Instagram, just James Scott Hinson on Instagram. Those are easy ways to reach me. And uh, like I read every message I get. I read every email. I don't reply to all of them because I get a lot of um, <laughs> just stuff that's not worth replying to. But when a real person, like with like, with, like a real uh, question or who wants to have a real conversation reaches out to me, I reply 100% of the time. So... So if something I've said isn't clear or isn't as simple as I'm as I'm saying it is, holler at me. I'm not perfect. I, I have blinders. Part of my blinders are from working with people on this kind of stuff for so long. And this is really all I read about. This is what I watch videos about. This is this is what I immerse myself in all the time. So if my perspective's skewed a little bit, then you know, please let me know. So Today, we're going to talk about our relationship to our mind, uh, specifically, you know, the, the more concrete aspect of it. We're going to look at the idea of meditation, learning to meditate. And so here at the beginning of this, I want to I want to clarify, I'm not talking about some deep meditation practice. I'm not talking about becoming a monk. I'm not talking about dedicating two hours of your day to it. I know people who do that, and that's awesome. That's their path. Cool. But I also think that like there's this there's this sort of like uh, entry fee that people feel like they have to pay. Like, well, if I can't sit for an hour a day, there's no reason to do it. That's 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 a that's a really bad way to look at it because man, five minutes a day of meditation can change your life. And when I'm talking, I'm saying sit down in a quiet place and follow your breath. Get distracted and go back to your breath. It's uh, training the mind to stay on one thing is a superpower. Learning that all the stuff that floats around inside of our head and inside of our body as far as emotions and thoughts and stuff like that goes, learning that you don't have to have an opinion on those things, learning that those things are not necessarily a clear indication of reality, learning that a lot of that stuff is just random blips uh, of our experience, that is such an amazing change in our life. That is such an amazing shift in our relationship with ourselves that it's absolutely worth investing in. I, I, I really do wonder 
if this has gotten worse over the past few centuries as we have become such an intellectual species, like we're very proud of our intellect. We're very proud of like of the things we can do. You know, I mean, we've gone into space. We live on every continent. We have this like super advanced math that doesn't even seem like real stuff. We've learned to manipulate the physical world in a way that is just amazing. There's kind of two ends to this scale that we have to look at when thinking about the predominance of our intellect and how we view the world. Um, you, know, I, you know, I had somebody tell me recently that humans are not much different than animals, that, that animals are as smart as we are. You know, the things we point to are like, you know, dolphins have language, uh, bonobo monkeys tend to care for each other, you know, stuff like that. And the thing is, like, yeah, that's amazing, but that's because we're really lowering the bar. Dolphins might have language, but, like, so does May. She's she's 16 months old, and she says, like, thank you and mom and dad, you know, stuff like that. This, just, this right here, just, like, I'm not anything special, I'm not super smart, but the amount of information I've conveyed in this one podcast alone is probably something that most animals can't convey. You know, bonobo monkeys taking care of each other. I remember reading a thing one time where, like, if you introduce, like, a blind monkey into their community, like, one monkey will take them and show them around. And that's awesome. That's amazing. But it's because it's a low bar. That's a low bar. Like, in human society, we have, you know, Meals on Wheels that goes out and feeds people. And we have this whole vast, super uh, complicated, interwoven system of taking care of people. We have whole industries dedicated to taking care of people. So there's really no comparison there. It's awesome for the dolphins. It's awesome for the monkeys. It pales in comparison to what we can do intellectually. Um, and then I get, I do get the thing, like dolphins are probably happier than us. Everybody's happier than us at this point. So, you know, there, there is something to be said for the simplicity of how they live. But if we're talking about like intellect, there's really no comparison. Unless it's something like, like Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy and the dolphins are the smartest and they've been trying to warn us and... You know, if that's the case, then I'm wrong and I'll own that. And following that out, I think our Earth, our, our planet's going to be destroyed in the next few minutes here anyway if the dolphins take off. So whatever, I'll die wrong. On the other end of the scale is the fact that while we are pretty cool and we can do some really cool stuff, uh, like we're also super, super limited. Like we can't really get very far away from our own planet. If you leave a human outside in the cold, we're going to die. We haven't even really found like a cure for the common cold. We we can't really we haven't found effective ways to deal with depression and anxiety. So you know so so we we're, we're, our intellects are awesome, but they're not like this all powerful thing. And that th the scary thing about that is that we've really come to intellectualize our entire existence, our whole experience. You know, and so this is why making sure that you are intentional about your relationship to your mind. That's why it's so important. So you've got this super cool brain and it helps you do all these super cool things, but it's also very limited by its experience of the world. Like everything we do goes through the filter, through, through a lens of our experience of the things we know, of the things we think we know, of the lessons we've learned, things like that. And so we, we've got this voice in our head that's constantly spinning out a narrative about the world. And, you know, sometimes it's accurate, sometimes it's inaccurate. That's not really what we're talking about here. What I'm talking about right now is that if you really want to have a good life, you've got to learn that thoughts are just thoughts. You've got to learn that emotions come and go and that, you, that they're not as serious as we often take them to be, especially on day-to-day -day things. Like, you know, I've tried to be really open that, you know, as I go through this, like this is all stuff I'm still working on. I have a like serious attachment to having control over my time. 
And anytime something is put on my schedule that I don't want there, like I struggle with that. Sometimes I put it on there and then I struggle with it. You know, I'll agree to meet somebody or I'll agree to do something. And then I'm like, why did I do that? And and it's like, if it's like at four or five o'clock in the afternoon, like, man, it's, I got this weird thing where all day my brain is like angled towards thinking about that one thing. It's ridiculous, but it's there. It's the way I'm wired. I can't do anything about it. And this is where it's so important is that the narrative my brain wants to spin out about that. The narrative, the thing my brain wants to tell me is to say, you know, you shouldn't have to do this or this is stupid or, you know, it wants to, it wants to go through and, and, and talk about this thing and it wants to judge it and it wants to be unhappy about it. And that's where my suffering comes in. That's where my suffering comes in. But since, since I started meditating, you know, forever ago, and since that's become just a practice in my life, all this stuff with my brain have gotten so much easier because I'm at least aware that I'm being told a story instead of believing the story. When you learn to sit and watch your thoughts, when you learn to watch them come and go um, without a lot of attachment to them, without really trying to change them, you start, you get to this point where you're kind of shocked at just how random they are and how meaningless so many thoughts are. The other thing that happens is you start to watch how one thought leads to another thought, to another, to another, to another, and it's this chain. And sometimes it's very obvious to follow the train of thought to wind up where you are. Other times it's very subtle. It starts in the morning and then by afternoon you're pissed off or you're frustrated or you're annoyed or you're resentful or you're bitter, whatever. As you learn to watch this chain of thoughts, you learn to interrupt it, first of all, by recognizing it's just a thought, but you also learn not to take it so seriously. Anything that fluctuates so randomly, you can't take it all that seriously because it doesn't have all the meaning. One of the really scary things about the mind is that it is, it's able to tell us how important it is. So the very thing telling us how important it is, like it's it's that thing. It's kind of like, you know, uh, growing up, I was told that the, the Bible is 100% true. And when I'd say, well, why? Well, the Bible says it is. So it's this loop. The Bible is 100% true. So when the Bible says it's true, it must be true because the Bible is 100% true. So the mind says, you know, hey, everything I think is is really, really important because I'm telling you it is. When you learn to kind of let that go and set that down every once in a while and, and kind of learn to laugh at yourself, it makes life a lot easier because you're not taking yourself so seriously. As you sit in meditation, you watch emotions come and go. It's It was astonishing to me to be sitting there and watch like, oh my gosh, like anxiety would arise and then like a sense of joy, you know, anxiety and joy are, are close together. And then that might drop off into like a depression um, you know, and then that might turn off into this sense of like desolation, like, oh my gosh, how long is this? Nothing means anything. And then all of a sudden everything meant everything. And, and all these emotions are just coming and going. And this would all happen in the space of a minute or two. So it gets a lot harder to take these things really, really seriously. And it kind of helps you cut through the, through the noise to where you learn. It teaches you to learn to trust, you know, to know which thoughts to listen to. It teaches you which emotions to trust when it comes to making a decision. And and all of this comes from learning to observe these things instead of believing that they are the truth of everything. It's not about detachment. It's actually, it's kind of the opposite of detachment. I started meditating forever ago because I wanted to be detached. I wanted to be free of all this stuff. I wanted to be this hovering godlike figure. I've talked about this multiple times on the podcast. And what I found is that it actually brought me closer to my emotions. It brought me into a more a realistic, healthy, and open relationship with my thoughts and my emotions. And and that was a good thing. It's hard at times. 
I miss, I miss living in a castle made out of middle fingers. Um, just because my anger and my hatred towards the world was so intense. Like that was easier to deal with stressful things because I just didn't care. I didn't care. Nothing scared me because I did not care. I care a lot now. I care a lot. And so, you know, being with that, being with that, the fear that comes with caring a lot. Love, when you love people and you, you love the, the good things in this world, that, that puts you in a position of vulnerability. And these are all things I could have never engaged if I hadn't learned to sit with uncomfortable thoughts, with uncomfortable emotions. And if I hadn't learned to accept them as they are and recognize that they don't mean that much. So, you know, there's, there's a, I think there's an old podcast that's a guided meditation. You can use that. I've got guided meditations on my website at James Scott Henson, just in the resources. Uh, there are guided meditations all over YouTube. Insight Timer has thousands of guided meditations from like amazing teachers and practitioners. That's a way to start. You can also just find a quiet place, sit comfortably and follow your breath. Breathe into a four count, hold it for a six count, breathe out to an eight count. And notice you'll get distracted over and over and that's okay. When you get distracted, go back to the breath. No judgment, no criticism, just return. Do this for five minutes a day and see if it does anything for your life. Bump it up to 10 or 15 if you want to. Bump it up to 20 if you want to. You don't ever, you don't have to keep bumping it up. This isn't a competition. This isn't about being the best meditator. It's not about any of that. It's simply about learning to be with your experience as it is in the moment. And you'll notice like as you're, as you're, as you're breathing in, as you're holding that breath, as you're, you know, it allows your mind to stay on one thing, but you're still going to notice other things popping in and out of your experience and you can let them pop in and out. It's okay. They can't really do anything to you. And so that's, that's a super basic practice. You can, of course, make it much more in-depth. And I mean, like, I'm, like to say I'm scratching the surface there is not fair to scratching the surface. There is so much more depth to the practice of meditation. But this is about the simple ways. This isn't a, this isn't a podcast about meditation. You could do a whole podcast about meditation. That's not what this is. This is super basic. If you try it and you like it, I would encourage you to dig in deeper, of course. You know, find the people that you like and, and, and dig into their stuff and see what they have to offer. But... At the very least, five minutes a day of following your breath, it'll help you. It, it, it'll, it'll, it'll change your life for the better. And if nothing else, it will teach you that this mind is not you. These thoughts are not you. These emotions are not you. They're part of you. They're part of your experience. But none of them should have predominance and run the show. As always, I really enjoy getting to hear from people. Holler at me if you have any ideas or questions. JamesScottHenson.com, JamesScottHenson on Instagram. Those are the easiest ways to reach me. I will look forward to talking to you next time. Take care.